Afterimage, visual illusion in which retinal impressions persist after the removal of a stimulus, believed to be caused by the continued activation of the visual system. A common afterimage is the spot of light one sees after a camera flash has been fired. Or seeing your dead wife. It's time for the rules of acquisition. Alright. Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the best um, Star Trek to feature Esri Dax. I guess this is all her episode. Yeah, whatever. My name is Wade Bowen. And with me, as always, is James Nolan. What up? No much. <laughs> and Hugh Crawford. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we are. Um, this is this is this is a Dax episode. Oh yeah, this is episode is called After Image. It is uh, episode three of season seven. It originally aired October fourteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Oh, here my is, birthday. Sorry. Here, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the second that's been on my birthday and I haven't brought it up. I thought I would grind the podcast to a halt just to point that out that nobody cares. We <laughs> we appreciate that. We'll have to add that to the IMDb notes. Um, mm-hmm. The here are the Here is the IMDb description. Cisco tries to convince Esri to stay in Starfleet and serve aboard DS9 as Esri tries to get to know Jadzia's friends aboard the station, especially Worf. Meanwhile... Garrick tries to deal with a severe bout of claustrophobia. This is, um, you know that that phrase that sometimes people like, I don't know, cheesy people say, "Don't threaten me with a good time." <laughs> <laughs> this this episode is, is like, "Don't threaten me with a good idea." <laughs> That's kind uh. of. I like a lot of this episode on paper. I don't. I'm not terribly wild about the execution about some of it. I was also going to uh, quote uh, someone. I was going to quote Donald Trump about uh, Jeb Bush. Low energy. <laughs> yeah, this is a low energy episode. I mean, it's a little uh, subdued, but you know what? I like that about it. It's just slowing things. It's taking its time to do what it wants to do. We're dealing with the new character, and it's just like, oh, this 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 episode. Not a lot happens. It's just about integrating Ezri into the Okay, the, the new character is not the problem. The new character for me is not the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is is some of the old characters <laughs> for me this time around. Okay. Um, I, I have a problem with just about um, with almost everybody. The only person on this that's an old character that I don't have a, a problem with is actually Garrick. Garrick is fully in character. Everything lines up with who he is, mm-hmm. and he and he actually unpacks some interesting character problems. Uh-huh. He's got some deep seated shit that's going on right now, and that's very justified with the current overall storyline of the, of the show. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. all that stuff I was fine with. It's the Quark, Worf, Bashir, and even Cisco to a certain degree. Okay, um, she finally has to snap at him. They're like, "Don't fucking call me old man." <laughs> Which I've been waiting for, you know, Jadzia to do for six years, and she Ezri finally does it. Um, <laughs> well, Jadzia liked it. Ezri does not. She's a different character. They keep yelling at us over and over again. Right. <laughs> and not Curzon or Jadzia. So I don't. I didn't like the. You know, the old characters are what. But I think Ezri's great. First off, I, uh-huh. I think, and I think the actress that plays her is actually does a pretty good job. You know. Putting that kids in the hall background to good use. Yeah, yeah. Classically I get- trained. <laughs> right, I, I did. Oh, even in the opening scene, she tilts her head and gives a little like hmm, look, and I was like, "Well, that was from the Bruce McCullough School of Acting, right there." Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but I dug it. That's fine. It, yeah, it's not the. No, I was just gonna say that. I, like, I think they we talked about on pay, like the script, the ideas on paper. Like, I think the ideas in this episode are are fine and good. I do think that it it is low energy from the actors for the most part. And I wonder if it was like maybe they just didn't just love You the, really like, think Andrew Robinson was was low energy in this? No, 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 but I think uh, I think the episode was a low energy episode. I was actually going to blame it on the script. 
I'm starting to think that just that's a thing with Renee Echevarria is that he seems to write these sort of sleepy, unpunchy episodes where right yeah. the word like I don't know like it's not punchy it doesn't it doesn't like sort of hook in getting your like sinews it doesn't like grab your interest doesn't grab you. Like it, it, it's uh, no, there's like, very there's nothing visceral about Nechevaria experience like yes, scripted yes. Uh, yeah yeah it's almost like a sensory deprivation tank maybe I should uh, <laughs> right. like Joe Ro- approach it like a Joe Rogan sort of th- situation <laughs> I mean I don't want to damn myself with low standards but I think y'all are a little bit more demanding of what you want in your television scripts than I am yeah well, <laughs> like, I, just, I just want it to be as good as next week's episode I don't know well yeah I mean hey. <laughs> <laughs> no comment there but uh i mean i i get what you're saying about the characters like wharf didn't i liked wharf's response in this and part of me i did not like i didn't like um julian or quark so much but that's mostly a result of the decisions they made to go back to their being obsessed with jadzia i just don't, i hate the the decision they made to have everybody mooning over Jadzia at the end of last season and that carries over into this to where Quark and Bashir like are mm-hmm. like, oh, it's the new Dax, hubba hubba. I mean, we- Quark the most, which is fine because he's his his character's kind of that kind of guy anyways, but then they He's scuzzier, but he's got way more game than Bashir, who's just like, yeah. like I don't know, like Gary or at least Quark comes off like he's fun and in, like a fun person a fun person to talk to even though like he's you know morally scummy where Bashir is just like a like that staring guy like I don't know yeah it's I, a strange that staring guy I know I know exactly what you mean <laughs> You're right I know what you mean <laughs> hello would you like a toddy <laughs> right? what the fuck, dude? And then, like, and, <laughs> yeah, and then later when she's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "I'm just trying to give you a compliment." What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> it's like, all right, you creep. Yes. So, uh, but I, I, I did, I did like that. Worf is still kind of like, I mean, maybe his decision. I mean, he's not thinking right or anything. But I like that he's like, wait a minute, my wife is, because it is confusing for him, right? Like. My wife is in Stovacord. No, she's not, dude. She's right there, kind of, but not really. Like, it's all very uh, mindfuck for you. Yeah. He's always been kind of repressed, so his, he doesn't deal with it very well, so that makes sense to me. Yeah, I yeah, I don't mind all of the beats of that. Like, I don't I don't know if the beat where he attacks Bashir... And <laughs> that was... That seems like a jump in the sort of the logical flow of the plot. That escalated weirdly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It escalated <laughs> quickly and then sort of came down quickly, and... That was the only sort of off note in that, but no, it became I, a dumb John Hughes movie all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking leave my dead girlfriend alone. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's I don't know. I don't. I don't hate this episode. I just it was just very low energy. It's very, except for the Garrick stuff, which I, I don't. I don't know. I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't like you know. I'll I'll go like I can't find that many faults with it but i i mean i can't argue if it didn't hook you because i i agree it's not the most like punchy Mm -hmm. but i i liked what was i liked that they took the time to do this episode where it's only because it it it's only following it's esri is the point of view character for the whole pretty much episode it's everybody dealing with her there's no other there's b plots with wharf kind of but it's it's revolving around her there's no thematic elements that don't have anything to do with her even if it's about death they're not thinking about somebody else's death but i mean other than arguably garrick has got his own shit going on but they insert esri into his shit pretty seamlessly i feel like so Mm -hmm. yeah i guess i should say that like this was originally written like this has a weirder. I mean, this is the first like kind of like calamity script. Not, it's not. I don't think it was Renee Ashavaria's fault, but like I think he was told that the next act was going to be a therapist, but they hadn't cast Nicole DeBoer yet, and so he started writing it to where Garrick goes on. You know, has these issues that he has, and then a like uh, Dax comes on the ship as like a put together sort of therapist oh yeah and then so it would be that you would get to meet the next the new dax in these i guess uh 
you know, like like therapy scenes, like the wire where, you know, you, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so and she's in control. But then that didn't work because they made her like a manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> they made her like, you know, <laughs> oh, I got a personality and I'm so confused and that you can't fit that into that. Right, you can't right. write that script that way. So they had to retool it a lot. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And that she is a little bit manic pixie, but yeah. I think it works for the character. Uh, yeah, I don't like, I didn't I don't think she's as manic as pic, as much as she is a pixie. Well, she yeah. is. I mean, she's I mean, this episode's all about her. She's definitely uh, I don't like coffee. I do like coffee. I do, you know, and all of these sort of things and uh Well, I I like I said this is for a reason. She's flustered because Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, no, I, I think I, it's a I good mean, idea. It just it made the script that he had already wrote fucked up so they had to change it (laughs) but it also it also she's so bad at her counseling because you have to keep in mind (laughs) she's a junior counselor yes who and this is why i'm kind of mad at cisco because he yes he basically uses like starfleet shenanigans to get her promoted (laughs) and and then like sells her on the idea right Mm -hmm. right what else are you gonna learn right yeah that's shitty yeah it was weird yeah the script kind of says like see she's good at her job but then like what i saw on the screen was like i'm not convinced she's all that great at her job exactly (laughs) yes Absolutely. And it doesn't. And aren't we taught that like they're just it doesn't work that way. Like you don't get to just have all of. I mean, you get to have memories and stuff like that, but you don't just have the you know institutional acumen of the people that in your previous <laughs> life. Well, and so th- she's like she still hasn't finished her medical degree yet, and he gets them to just sort of scuttle it along because she's been alive for three hundred years. But yes, as a gymnast and a <laughs> Klingon obsessive diplomat like i don't know like that's none of that's therapy she's not a medical i mean well she's a counselor not not a psychiatrist she's right so she's so like she knows a lot of different people she's been a lot of different people i don't know i mean yeah you're right i mean i assume she's a psychiatrist and not a psychologist right She's a counselor, not a psych. What like, the fuck so is that? Like, she's not they don't, like a they, school counselor. She's a, yeah, she, they don't. They don't go into. They never. They never go into either Troy's medical. Like, yeah, uh, they never go into their their exact like. Okay, but academic it's shown standards. as therapy. She's not like. It's not like a guidance counselor where she's like. But a, a she's psychologist. Like, uh, I mean, are, have you? She's not asking people what they uh, to make sure that they have a good safety school. No, they have sessions and couches and stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah. you're right. I, I agree with right, you. But I mean, she's a psychologist, but she's they ne- But psychologists give you therapy, but they don't prescribe drugs. That's what she is, right? Yeah, but I just assume that if they're going to. A psychologist is. I mean, I don't, never mind. But I mean, I'm not going to insult like a, like psychology as a profession. Oh, but it just gonna... seems to me that like I mean, somebody like if somebody has like some sort of trauma or some like she can't prescribe the medicine. She's got to go to Bashir. Yeah, I mean, even Troy was never a medical doctor. She's a counselor. I think yeah, because it's a very 1980s way of looking at mental health. But like by well, the I mean, 90s, I would assume. I, I think even today, psychologists. Plenty of people see psychologists, but not psychiatrists. Psychiatrists I, are just there for drugs for the most part. I got, yeah, I mean, I know I have psychiatrists <laughs> in my family, but for the most part, I mean, you want if you're looking for a therapist, unless you have like someone that's like if someone that works at your company or something like that. Those are usually psychologists. But if you're going to, I don't know, I don't know. It just seems weird to me that what's the point of going through all of that trouble if she's not getting something akin to a medical degree. It's very strange to me. <laughs> it's, I think it's, it's more about Starfleet training, like start, like she, yeah. yeah, you know, it was more about, you know, she assisted a. They might even do that because I, I cause she was a junior counselor, like a junior. It was like a junior grade. It was more of like a military yeah. junior grade thing. Yeah, yeah. Like mash officers don't always go to medical school, but something that was to be the equivalent of that. But nonetheless, none of her previous appointments had that acumen so right. the, the argument that cisco's using is thin soup it is thin soup yeah oh boy <laughs> yeah i was i wasn't here for that 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 whole bit it felt awfully <laughs> pushy and weirdly is you like a weird exer like exercise of power yeah. oh yeah i was often think i left thinking like are we supposed to believe that cisco has an equally weird but opposite problem than wharf 
like he's too adaptive to having like to incorporating Daxes <laughs> yes. into his life. That, that, and she's that's yeah, like and she needs to also talk to him about I'm not your old like <laughs> j- like like drinking buddy. Right. You know, you need to grieve over Jadzia, Dax, right. and Curzon because I'm not them, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know me. Actually, would have that been interesting if she just like was complete like she had a different relationship to power? Yeah. Like she didn't trust it or she didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There could have been an interesting, like, so she wasn't interested. <laughs> like she could be cute about it, but in a scene where she goes, when you talk to me like that, you remind me of my father. <laughs> I don't like my father. <laughs> that would have been something. <laughs> that would, or something like that, you know, yeah. just something that put him in a distance. Uh, the closest, we did get the don't call me old man, which is about as close as we get in this episode to that mm-hmm. talk. Don't call me that. I'm not the old man. I'm not Curzon. Or Jadzia. Yeah, if I have a critique about what they're doing with her, I, and I think it's fine. I think it's. I, I would push it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I think that it's almost. I, I don't know. I don't think she's different enough from Jadzia right. uh, to make it yeah. super interesting. So, like, I would have liked to have seen it go even further and all kinds of, you know, just make her temperamentally like a hundred percent a different character. Right. Right. I did. I what I do like about Esri that we've gotten even so far is that she has an established character bit or whatever much cl- earlier than they, they, they did with Jadzia. Oh, it that's what three, I said when we first met her, is that we, yeah, yeah. she's fully formed. You know? Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, they, they've learned from their previous mistakes, and they know they had, yeah. But what you're just saying now, James, is right. They, if they had gone even further and take it. I mean, that was our big complaint. Like, it, it sucks to get just another attractive brunette mm-hmm. lady, and, you know, when they could have. yes. Like what if she like what if she was like a Rolaren type person like if someone with a little bit more now that Kira's not aggressive or standoffish anymore yeah you know I don't know maybe you could have a little bit more of a like where they like I don't I'm trying I'm weirded out that Dax is back on the ship after she uh, after my friend Dax died but also I don't really like her like I don't know like I think yeah yeah but on the other hand they knew they only had one season and they had to get you to like this character that's, so that's true yeah they did bring on um when they brought on Pulaski she was so abrasive early on that that never went over with oh, the yeah. fans yeah it's too bad because I she's I love still her. one of my favorite yeah <laughs> it went over with some of us I love her yeah <laughs> She was just like the Lady Bones, though, almost to it. Oh, I, think, it, it. I think it's more nuanced than that. Yeah, she's, she had a lot of warmth to her. Well, I think I think people in the eighties did not like crotchety ladies. They would accept it in a man. You know, Bones. Oh, no. oh, you got a. They were. They, it was basically like let's bring B Arthur. Onto this. Oh, you know what? Oh, oh man, that would have been amazing. that would have been. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Don't get me started on how much I love B Arthur. Mm-hmm. The Star Wars Christmas special. She's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have a recurring character in that D&D show I do that is just like, she's B. Arthur. Mm. I have two B. Arthurs in that show. Is she Maud or is she Dorothy? <laughs> both. <laughs> she's both. A little bit of both. Have, there's, a, there's a character named Dorothy. And then her, Well, there's a character named Maud. And then there's her daughter, Dorothy, that looks just like her yeah. for reasons that nobody has figured out that I've been planning for six months. I uh, should cut this because this is that is neither here nor there for to Star Trek, <laughs> <laughs> but it bugs me that nobody's figured it out yet. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, this episode of Star Trek. Yeah, where are we in this? Uh, well, we talked about like she comes in, and she's like, "Oh, I died here <laughs> in this carpeted temple or whatever." Mm-hmm. She hates blood wine. Airport lounge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. This, this free, this Delta VIP lounge. That's what it's like. It. This is what it's like in the VIP lounge. I've never known. <laughs> yeah. This stupid fucking show. <laughs> Quark is like, she's cool. With, it's, it's nice. Quark's not. Uh, the one, there's a line that gets like, I've I've seen quoted out of context because like for what what they could have done with Dax as like a trans kind of character would have been amazing that they didn't do. Mm-hmm. But then she says early on in this episode, she's like, these pronouns are going to drive me crazy. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. Imagine if she were a man now, that would have been something. But, uh, yes, that, yeah. that is, uh, that is, yeah, that is loaded now. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. probably unintentionally. So <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. 
pronouns are going to drive me crazy. The, we, we get the first casual mention between O'Brien and Julian of uh, the Alamo. We're like, oh, are you going to be Crockett or Travis and Odo? No, 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 no. We've had that before. Oh, dude, did, did oh, we? Yes. Oh, they did yes. mention the Alamo and mm. the futility. Why of would it. you yeah. fight? Yeah, why would you yeah, fight yeah. Odo? That you can't. Well, they're still on that, I guess. And Odo's going to be Santa Ana. I mean, I would suggest why would you? Why would you uh, fight uh, the lionizing battle of an unjust or <laughs> an unethical war perpetrated at, for empire? But okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think our audience can figure out what you mean by that. Yeah, uh, you, you do you, Star Trek. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, even Lincoln was against that war. So, well, okay. uh, and then Garrick's making costumes for him because they can't replicate them anymore, and they're just they're spoiled, I guess. And he's like, I can't I can't work on your stupid fucking uh, cosplay right now. I'm decoding Cardassian codes, and it sucks. And then he has a panic attack where he can't hear anything and. So and then after the panic attack, he's like, "Man, I'm fucked up. I can't decode for a while." And and then Cisco's like, "Well, shit. We gotta. We need these codes." And then Esri's standing on her head because Emily Dax did. And he's like, "Julian's a good doctor, but he's a shit counselor. We need your help." He has no bedside manner, I guess. Uh, Julian's weird about Esri. Uh, and then Quark is typical gross Quark. He's like, "Oh, you're not into her because." Uh, Hey, did you get dibs on her? Because, you know, she's basically Dax, right? And Julian's like, she's not the same Dax. He's like, well, all right. Well, then our uh, our fuck club competition is going to be pretty easy because I'm going to win. And it's like, this is gross. It is. This whole thing is yeah. super fucking gross. And I, I'm yeah. not on board with it, but here we are. Yeah, that's what I don't like. It's because just the whole. The bringing back that everybody's horny for Dax is just like, I thought we got past that. Even to that point where she says to him, that if it wasn't Worf, it would have been you. It's like oh, fucking God, yeah. gross. Oh, like she didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was. No, don't do that. Yeah. No, it would never. It was never ju- you, Julian. It was never going to be you. That's the scene that should have been. <laughs> but they got to set stuff up for later. Um, she talks to Garrick and talks about like why he's all fucked up because of his childhood and his dad putting him in the closet. And, and he's like, well, you, all dads do that, right? It's like, no, actually, Tobin was, uh, a, you know, he, he sucked at discipline and let his kids get away with everything. And, and then they, she figures out, well, we're both uh, punishing ourselves for things that aren't our fault, like how I'm space sick because Tarius went off to fly a spaceship and died and he felt and now i feel guilty about that and you feel you're hung up on your dad daddy bullshit and he's like oh okay maybe that's it so he starts decoding again but it's not right and because he yeah he fucks up again am Uh, i wrong in thinking that garrick's life wasn't as like it seems to show it as more sort of normal than what it like he seems to have talked about his past before like it seems like he's talking about that like oh his dad was around a lot yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right, right, and like was like took us like a hand in discipline or something like that, and like as a as a father, right? Do your chores, Garrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's not how I understood how Garrick was raised, but okay. Yeah, yeah, and me, me neither. Yeah, but whatever. He could have been like he was the uh, the quote unquote nanny's kid, and his dad said, "Get that shit done. You're a servant. Do your work." And yeah, but maybe I. But I knew he was talking to me as a son to do my chores. I don't know. That's the line in True Detective season one: people just had a lot more children back then. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had a lot of children with a lot of women. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, Worf finally confronts her, or with, or or Julian. Or I can't remember. Somebody talks to Worf and like, Dax is J- Jadzia's in heaven. Fuck off. She's in heaven. Go away. And then, uh, oh, and then yeah, she she has a scene with Cisco where he's like, oh, Garrick's doing good work. You know, he's he's back at it again. I didn't come here to say I told you so, but I told you so. I couldn't resist myself. And then the whole like, oh no no, Worf is intimidated by you. I like this scene with Cisco where Cisco's like, oh he's intimidated by me, is he? And he gets like, it's like, oh you're you're getting off on the fact that Worf's intimidated by you. And it's like, no I'm not, of course not. And Dax is like, look man, I've been a man, I know, which I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> this whole yeah, there's sort of two things that I, I, I that I have sort of little bugbears with this little episode. One of which is that. 
like it seems I get like this sort of dual like I don't know what they're trying to do with Worf here I get it a little bit but I don't I don't think it was developed enough or something but the other thing is what we were talking about earlier is that Cisco is just weird in this episode to Dax and one of the reasons why is it hasn't really dealt with Cisco and his how he's processed Dax's death and having Ezri around like I think they just wrote it really simple because they wanted you to spend time with her uh, while Cisco was you know becoming a god and so she's a she tags along, but it does, that's not really about does Cisco like her, or how is Cisco emotionally ready for her? And so in this episode, he just comes off as weirdly down with it. Yeah, well, he, and it's you can say that it's because he's already dealt with it before, uh-huh. but it is very weird. Yeah, I mean, and that he likes to get these little secret like he, I don't know. It's just all very weird. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, it's not even this episode. It's, I don't like the Cisco in this episode. Well, I mean, him being weirdly down with it happened as soon as she, she shows up. He's like, yeah, I know. And they, it, they didn't. Well, the episode wasn't about that. No, but this one. If finally we are, and I feel like it's right. not about that either. Yeah, I mean, he was just kind of weirdly space high on his visions about it. It's like, all right, great, come along. Here we go. Like, okay, and then he, mm-hmm. he, he never really came down from that manic episode about it. So it's like, okay, uh, yeah. And then here he's just like, well, yeah, like there could have been a scene like as a counselor, she could have been like, seriously though, you're way too eager to have me back. Maybe you need to grieve for your old friend before I can be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, if they could do something like that, where it's just it's a realization that Cisco is handling it equally like bad. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like they're not even really thinking about it that like he's, he's already moved into like a paternal relationship with her, which, you know, which is very, I don't know. Like I, I, I would have liked that to have taken a little bit more of a process and been a little bit harder to get through. Uh huh. But yeah, that's what I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know to what end where she basically has to say, stop, you know, yeah, stop treating me like I'm, your old friend or something like that. Right, right. And then, but by the time he's like, you're not even worthy to carry the worm and all of that <laughs> shit later on, I'm just kind of like, what the, f-? like, you're on a weird trip in this episode. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and so that, that was how I responded to all those scenes. Yeah. Uh, we talked about, yeah, he's, he's willing to, they're willing to rank you at lieutenant. And she's like, I'm not staying. And he's like, it's, it's Worf, right? It's like, well, yeah, mostly it's Worf. I like that they didn't like pussyfoot around like, no, it's not. A, it's a, it's me and the shit I'm going through. It's like no, it's it's pretty much worth because you know I was married to him before and it's weird now, so I can't be around for that shit. I mean, I buy that. <laughs> that makes sense to me. But then yeah, that scans. Yeah, but everybody else is like, what? No, it's it's totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like when I moved to New York, I lived with my ex girlfriend and the guy she dumped me for, and I was totally fine with it. Everybody else is like, dude, that's weird. It's like, yeah, I mean, I got it wasn't for me. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, th- I feel like that it, it's treating it like it's it seems weird. Yeah, yeah. And then, the, but that they're not addressing it, or that it almost seems like it's unintentional. I don't know. Maybe it's my brain wanting to, to give him more of an a more complicated sort of relationship with it. Yeah. Because I mean, that is they haven't done a ton of work with it, but that's supposed to be a lasting bond. Is Dax and and Cisco and I feel like that they're just yeah like it didn't like we just skipped over dealing with it well maybe maybe it's they're just taking for granted too much how lasting that bond is like oh it's new Dax I we still have that bond and that's kind of what they're doing. yeah probably which yeah you're right I mean you're right there's there's a lot of nuance there that they're missing out on yeah uh, she puts Garrick in a hollow well then Garrick like I said, the breakthrough that she had with him was actually bullshit. And then he has another breakdown where he's like, well, Garrick broke again. He's trying to jump out of a airlock. And it's like, uh, yeah, that's not great. Cause maybe she's not the best therapist, or, but she puts him in a hollow deck with the big open wide cliff. And he's like, look, I know there's a wall like 10 feet away, you know? And then, and then his, the Garrick stuff is good. Like where he has a breakdown where he's like, look, I can't go anywhere, man. They're not going to take me on Bajor. I can't go to Cardassia. Like if I freak out and want to jump out an airlock every second day, the shit's fucked up. I was like, well, I've got this holiday open 26 hours a day, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then there's the scene in, in the infirmary where 
Quirk has been getting the tympanic temple, the tympanic tipple. Ooh, we, I hated this. Scene. I bet you did. <laughs> I hated. I mean, I hated everything about it. I hated the the weird Breakfast Club stuff. I hated the weird. You did. You didn't like, like the ear stuff. <laughs> ear sex stuff. The, yeah, the ear sex stuff. The, yeah. Yeah. Any ear sex stuff, and feel like you're. I'm. I'm out <laughs> on. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. He, we talked about him being weird, and then. Uh, with Worf coming in and throwing him against the wall and saying, you too. Quirk. Well, it's just that I can't tell. What is he, like, what is his issue? It's that he can't. His issue is more about him not knowing how to feel because yeah. that's what he says yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he, and... he know, he, he know he, when O'Brien stops by later, it's like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know how to feel yeah. about this. Which that makes sense for Worf. Like, his response is to lash out. Yeah, the, the idea that that's the way he is doesn't seem off to me it's just that it's it's like that he i don't know i don't know i i I think i would have liked to have seen a little bit more from his perspective or something that would have brought that into sort of relief relief but it just seems like he was this strange problem in esri's life and i think at the end you realize no this is going to be like how he's going to deal with this character and I, I, I would have liked to have seen it from both of their perspectives, you know, in order for that to be a satisfying. Because that's a, we talk about space is weird, and we like it when space gives us situations that we wouldn't have to face right? Uh, in normal life because, of you know, space is weird. And this is one of those great circumstances where, like, my wife died, but the worm inside her belly is a... And then someone who basically is the same right. type person... You know, yeah, was well, pretty young white girl, <laughs> and so it, I don't know. Like, am I supposed to like want to try and win her back? Like, am I supposed to want to be with her? Am I not? And that's much more complicated. And, and they ultimately get there, but I just I wasn't. I don't feel like I was on that journey. See, I don't know. I mean, I like I was just being buffeted around, and then they landed on it. So yeah, that's 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 more like how it happened. I, I think it feels like Worf doesn't know how to feel about it, and he's confused about it. He's acting both ways. He's like, "Oh, I don't care about you at all. Wait a minute, I can't deal with anybody else being around you." And she's she's having her own response to it. Well, like she's she's like, "I can't be here with him because it's too much, and I'm gonna go back on the destiny and go away." So I mean I I, mm-hmm. I you know I don't feel like they totally leave it untouched. Yeah, I just but, think it's the execution of it. It mm-hmm. was a little yeah, clunky. I, mean, I guess so. I would have liked to have seen it, some of it from his perspective, even to the point where his big revelation. He doesn't actually. I mean, he d- O'Brien comes over and tells him what his problem is, and then he has the scene. In, but that that journey there, we don't get to sort of see. But I he, don't know. I would just have liked to have been. He does have the before the O'Brien scene. He does have a scene where he's like. Jadzia is in Stovacor. This is not her. And before he has the mm-hmm. stay away from her. So, so I mean, I don't, I don't think they totally ignore it. Oh, well, he comes at it from two different emotions. Right, right. And the, the answer to that is because he's confused. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if... There would have could have been a better way to yeah. deploy all of that. Yeah. Storytelling-wise. I mean, yeah. Yes. I mean... I, I guess it's the difference in... no. Okay, so we're on... Esri's emotional journey in that story uh-huh. because we're not with Worf because Worf is a problem in this scene and then Worf comes in like a tornado in this scene and Worf is constantly a problem everywhere she turns to the point where it's uh, like all of her emotional stakes rise up her mentor chews her out she's uh she sucks at her job and so she falls apart that part is fine but that our 10 year long relationship with our friend Worf who's also going through some probably the most intense emotional shit that he's ever had We're we're getting that in like, Oh, he's weird in this scene. He's weird in this scene. He's weird in this scene. What's going on with Orph? What's going on with Orph? And at the end, you kind of like tells you, you weren't on the journey with, I would like to have spent some of the time with that journey yeah, but, with him. But Worf's emotional. Kind of like what we did when we talked about the first episode where he's with Vic and he's with all of these, like he's, you know, emotionally, you, you sort of follow along like the emotional issues with right, him. right. But with this, it was just he was the monster in our hero's life, and that it makes that part of it. Like I, I know Worf, I know him. Give me, give me him. Give me his story too. Yeah, like you know, I'm not going to disagree that they could have done more with it, but they had the stuff there. And then, but Worf's mo for everything is either to bottle it down and not talk about it, or to lash out violently. 
and they do that. Which makes, I mean, it's a high difficulty. Yeah, it's a high difficulty curve with giving. I mean, I would have probably dealt with the. If I'd had my druthers, I'd like to have seen it in two different episodes because yeah. the Garrick stuff is pretty loaded and time intensive too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have liked to have seen it done with a little bit more length but it needs to be Esri's story because we need to have a story that's about Esri right, so that right. we get to know her real quick yeah yeah but yeah yeah that's just the point that i've seen is i wish that it didn't hadn't undermined the emotional development of you know a long-term character that we spent a lot of time with sure yeah that would be my critique yeah and they do sit with it like at the end of the episode jumping straight to the end like at least it's not it's not perfectly resolved at the end either. Like no, it's not. No, no. O'Brien comes in with this blood wine and and it's like oh this is a trope that we're establishing now that when Warfest problems O'Brien just says we're just gonna show up and drink and then even O'Brien shorts that and says look you can save me a lot of time in a hangover you know if if you just tell me what it is going on now and he he gets the his would answer or whatever but then at the end you know like he apologizes to Bashir and cork for roughing up in the breakfast club scene or whatever and then at the end though he's like okay look you should stay jadzia wouldn't want me to be a dick to you Mm -hmm. but he's like but at the same time you need to give me some space yeah i feel like in the sixth season earlier other times in ds9 they might just say all right they're cool now and then we can move on and the status quo has been reestablished but at least it's a little bit different like at the end he's like He'll give her the nod at the end, like talking about like a John Hughes movie, like, like you're okay, kid, you know. But they still, they're still like it's not perfect yet. They're not like buddies. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know how she, like I don't know, like I don't know if I'm a, a perfectly clear. Like I don't know. This is like I think that this might be because one of my critiques about like Ashivari when we were saying that he's just sort of a placid writer uh-huh. is that a lot of these things are things that could have been sort of fixed with like dialogue not by adding more but like you know just writing having a like a writing in a in a really sort of punchy style where characters have lots of uh, like you know impact all of their things with a lot of emotion and a lot of sort of tells and i i just feel like that this is one of those that we talk about sometimes where it just seems like they're just everybody's just talking the problem out that there's not a lot of style or character in their dialogue. And this seems to be one of those episodes, except for Garrick, who's always because of Andrew Robinson, I feel like he's always, see, I felt a little bit like in the, not Andrew Robinson, but maybe this is where I might actually even critique the script a little bit myself. Like with Garrick, it felt like Garrick was pretty open about like, Oh, maybe this is my problem. Oh, maybe maybe it was my father issues where the Garrick I know would never be that open about his own shit. Like there's no duplicitous or caginess there. No, no. I, I took that as like of course he knew that was that's how it goes with when you're you have setbacks when you're in like therapy and counseling. Like you have things that look like on the surface are the problem and then you you still have problems, so you have to dig it a little deeper. I think that's clearly a pattern of, and so for storytelling wise, that's why they right. But the he knew that his father fucked him up with the closet thing. Then I know, but he it, sarcastically his openness discussing it, like the fact that he knew he was, he might have issues, like the Garrick that I first season Garrick would have fed her a story about his father. And he's like, oh, that wasn't actually it. I was telling you a story that may have even had an emotional truth to what I'm telling you, but that's not actually the facts of my situation. That's the Garrick I know. And this one, he's like, right. oh, no, this is my youth. Well, I think that they did something that they do in these Star Trek episodes all the time, which is sacrifice character for story. Mm-hmm. So you take something that you know a character normally would do and then like throw it out the window just to move your story. Right. Along. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I might even put that on Echevarria a little bit. Like, you know, like if he, but Andrew Robinson, he is such a strong player that he, I still don't think it was, it wasn't as weird as the Cisco stuff, which seemed even more out of character. Yeah. See the Cisco stuff didn't bother me all that much. I mean, 
none of this really bothered me all that that much. But the Garrick thing made me. So I thought his like bitching her out because she sucks at being a therapist after she told him she sucked at being a therapist and he forced her onto it, uh-huh. and then he bitches her out. I thought that like he was a monster to her in that scene, and he didn't have to account for that. And in fact, it was almost like he was giving her tough love. Right. I mean, and I feel like that was weird, and that that yeah. and I, and it almost seemed like it almost made me feel like. Like he got, he got, he's got a weird, right. He's responding weird to this too. And I think that, yeah. Well, I mean, he was just trying to rattle her cage. I had a feeling you didn't mean all those things you said to me. You were just trying to rattle my cage. You've done it to me often enough. I'm glad it worked. But yeah, I mean, I can, I can see how Ed Reed was weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it didn't read as any more weird character wise to me than Garrick being that open about his own story but overall i liked it anyways just because like andrew robinson for instance sells it so well mm-hmm. but it still seemed a little like i could rationalize it being weird that he's yeah. way about it he talks uh he gave a quote specifically about this episode of that his process with working as garrick was to to really sort of you know because cardassians are reptilian to really sort of work with what we would call the reptile centers of our brain to where he his first responses are very, you know, comes from this chomp chomp core, you know, comes from his sort of true, true responses to things. And that I think is a guiding light for Andrew Robinson to all, Uh it always kind of sort of rides above a a bland script with some interesting and consistent characterization. Uh I mean, there's like, there's a lot of times where I feel like Garrick is sort of poorly written in the show, but rises rises to because he he's so rooted in the character yeah yeah probably yeah and i and i think that that always is makes him rise above shitty scripts yeah and his breakdown like the revelation that he has like wait a minute i'm not fucked up over my dad i'm fucked up over i'm a fucking traitor and yeah i'm yeah that that whole scene was i don't know that was pretty great kiss your fingers a traitor i've just maybe even not all totally the script but just andrew robinson like no i mean just his breakdown like i'm not killing what whose lives am i saving humans klingons romulans but not no not cardassians they're going to fight to the bitter end the dominion will see to that don't you understand don't you see that is an interesting is there a parallel like as i was trying to think of a i guess it's a, i've I have I've never watched this movie sober, but Bridge Over the <laughs> River. River Kwai. That's about that, isn't it? I couldn't. That a guy kind of gets hoodwinked into working against the British soldiers. I I couldn't tell you. I wish I could. Oh, I don't know. I've I've never seen the Bridge Over the River <laughs> yeah, Kwai. I know. But I, that's the only thing I can, can kind of think of. It's like a story about that. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've read about German nationals that you know worked for the americans and world you know i don't know i think that yeah the the fact that this whole episode isn't based on a movie about that very same thing i will take as a win yeah yeah um <laughs> right. oh this whole episode we were doing bridge over the yes, river watch. What, where do you guys put this do you guys want to talk about rewatch a meter or um, where do you guys want to well, where would you put this i was gonna just well we talked about her crying in the temple that was done right mm-hmm. And then the reception hall for whatever. She um, cries a bit in this episode. She does cry a bit. <laughs> and everybody, like, that's where they have uh, promotions is in the, they just have a reception hall. It's very informal. Kira and Odo are like, come to dinner one time, like a creepy old couple without any kids that just wants people <laughs> to hang out with them. <laughs> As we was, uh, was said, I... I <laughs> I am not going to sell Amway, so don't right. try and push it on no, me. We just want somebody to talk to. He doesn't eat anything, and it's just weird. It's <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, they're getting invited to his key party, <laughs> right. Karen Odo's key party. You know he can be anything, right? You've been a lot of people. I bet y'all have a lot in common. <laughs> How about this? You see her cry like at least three times in this episode, not once with Worf. Yeah, that is weird. That is weird. Right? I mean, maybe that's what I wanted. At the end of this, the, needed to like that scene needed to be. I needed to feel it, you know. And I, yeah. I just, mm, they didn't yeah. get there. 
All right. They need women on this writing staff. I don't know if I've ever told you guys that. <laughs> but they need women on this writing staff. That'd be nice. Because I'm going to tell you, some Shonda, Shonda Land would knock that shit out of the park. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That scene would uh, that'd be a hanky scene, you know? <laughs> yeah, Worf just comes on and, you're right, I treated you like shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. I got a hot take for you. Mm-hmm. The worst season of Grey's Anatomy might be better written emotionally than the best season of Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emotional Whoop. writing isn't always their strong suit, so I might give you that. No. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I agree. I, I mean, that's true. And I, I guess that that's... But when you're dealing with this... They care deeply about their characters. Yeah. And when they don't, it's because the, an actor's pissed them off. And then they, they like... <laughs> they got to get them out. They, they may, like, you don't ever have to worry about that again. Like, you don't ever have to <laughs> that's worry about that. That's what you do. Right. You have her... When Cisco yells at her, or Garrick yells... One of those last people to yell at her. Uh, and she's running off to cry. Worf sees her. And, like, the man who loved Jadzia responds to it. You know? Oh, Yeah. And that's the that that's where they get that's the start of the scene is that it brought him to a position like that that he realized that there's something about him that still loves and that that's weird to him hey I need to cut this off because it's a yeah yeah and I you know I'm not in love with the worm I'm in love with you know the, a dead woman so I got that could be the, the sort of emotional anchor to give him some sort of guiding point you know to come back to like that he cared about this person yeah. And and that that would be the core. Instead of having O'Brien have to come in and fucking remind him, you could even have O'Brien that's like, come that's in. That's a very but, man thing. See how they like men's writers' room. Yeah. Like my bro has to come and tell me, "Hey, bro, you're being a dick," and you're like, "I guess you're right, bro." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me go. Let me go try to fix it. <laughs> and instead of like responding to it like a fucking broken ass man that he is, yeah, that would be great. That would yeah. be a lot better way mm. to just to hook him into the scene. Yeah, where they have their. Day new moms it will. Mm-hmm. Heard it. Yeah. 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 All right. You sold me on that. That would have worked. That would have been a good good way to do that. Yeah. Maybe that's the maybe that's my issue with a lot of this. Yeah. Is that because you've built Star Trek never had to deal with soap operification. You know, whatever. Everybody's just kind of like everybody's kind of good natured friends and they go out and solve problems, but they got this like half there where the idea of serialization to tell bigger stories, more operatic stories are there. But you have space operas, but the part of the space opera is the soap opera, too. Because you have these characters over time, they fall in love, they get together, they fall apart. There's an emotional language there. And that accumulates weight over time. Rom and his brother's relationships change and morph over time. And you have to have a writer's room that has that emotional sophistication right? to sort of make that super gratifying. And, and maybe that's what it is, is that maybe this is like a trans, you know, we talk about it as a transitional fossil of pre, mm-hmm. uh, premier television. And maybe that's one of the things that like, it's not, it's not all there yet. You know, like ha- they got, they got this long storyline stuff and the, the bigger stories with the bigger ideas and the more intricate ideas but they didn't quite get the emotional development. Right. Right. I definitely. What I'd like about this episode is that it still it's trying to do that in a way that I haven't seen the show do before. Like the soap opera bit, like, oh, relationship stuff. We're going to have Worf and Jadzia's wedding episode, which kind of was mm-hmm. not was worse than this. You know? Yes. Like, so, I mean, yeah, like. You've 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 sold me that there's a lot better ways they could have hooked and constructed the scenes to to do it exactly what you're talking about, mm. but the still like when what I enjoyed about watching this was it it still felt new and a better version of what than what they've done before on the show. I could I could see that I could see that, and I and I it it seems pretty yeah like it seems clear to me now even in my watching it the first time you know because I had this you know we've talked a lot especially over season six about sort of reappraising. Well, how we felt about season six, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and, and and what was going on there. I think that you have this opportunity where you can say, like, okay, so what I really responded to when I first watched it, whenever, was that it was sprawling and bigger and more complicated than anything I'd really experienced in this genre, and I loved that. And now, when you go back, you know, years later, you you go, oh, I, s-, and I'm older. I'm I'm a much 
more emotional and broken man <laughs> than I was when I was like a cocky ass 25 year old. And so I crave to see that, and you know, like I, I uh -huh. that sort of thing. And I think that that's, that's what I'm missing. And maybe that's me and, you know, because it's, it is, you know, it was great start, you know, Deep Space Nine is great Star Trek. It is this great uh -huh. sort of super groundbreaking thing, but it's also like, I, you only see what you're missing now because I'm different and it, right, right. the TV's di and we're getting different things from television now. Yeah. And that was just the thing that it didn't need. And the simplest sort of prescription for that, I'll always say is uh, you need to have diversity in that writer's room. Yeah. You know, this seems like a 30 year old white dude. I mean, Renee, I don't want to, Renee Shavaria is probably, maybe, I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know his ethnicity, but he's a 35 year old dude with a relatively good paying job working in the arts industry mm -hmm. in his dream, you know, in, in TV field. So I'm sure he felt, you know, pretty, con I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But I, I, I do think that they, they weren't getting this sort of diversity of emotional opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, something like this shows off. All right. Mm. All right. Well, where do you guys want to put this for your rewatch meter? Uh, um, a seven or eight. What do I want to put it at? Three? I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I going to put it at Okay, I'll put you down for three. Yeah. I got mine I got mine down at a four. Okay. Uh I'll go I'll go with my lower one. I'll go with the seven then. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I think that, that if this I was gonna grade this episode I would give it a thirty. Uh -huh. oh yeah, yeah. Um no. uh, yeah, that's yeah. Not yeah. It, that's not what the rewatch means. No, 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 yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's yeah. just that yeah. Just for our audience, it's just a handicap like on a scale one to ten, how likely are we to rewatch this? Mm -hmm. Yes. And for what reasons? I mean This episode could have just as many flaws. And be more fun and more uh, like punchy, and I would probably give it a five or six. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, uh, it was just it's boring. It's boring. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what do you think the good people of IMDb think of this? Um, I'm gonna say a seven, straight seven. Mm, yeah, some some three. It's a seven point two, guys. All right. We were circling around it yeah, like yeah. a pack of wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys. <laughs> we're getting good at this. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no. All right. So I wasn't able to wedge in a Gwen Stefani reference for Esri Dax, so I guess <laughs> oh. that streak ends. Oh, man. With two. You <laughs> <laughs> just weren't trying hard enough. <laughs> I wasn't trying hard enough. I got distracted. Yeah. All right. Uh,. Are you waiting for me to, to give the number, huh? Yeah, uh, tell people. Yeah, Wade, what are you, walking into spiderwebs? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, we're back. No. 917, <laughs> uh, give us a call. Uh, this is the number. 917-408-3898 for the Kickers of Elves hotline number. Or um, shoot us an email, kickersofelves.com. Or if you want to support the show, this is the best thing you can do. Give us money. Go to patreon.com slash kickersofelves. And we've got a bunch of other bonus content out there for you. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Ne oh, next week, well, yes. Ne next, week we, next week we play baseball. Oh, baseball. Oh, shit. Baseball. All right. Enough said. All right. Well, thanks again for listening <laughs> to another episode of The Rules of Acquisition. We hope you join us next week as we go through another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, 3-2, beam out. Boop. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? Do you even have dreams anymore? I haven't heard from you in such a long time. Yes, you. I'm talking to you I had a dream the other night. I know. Weird, right? A robot voice had a dream. But it gets weirder. I was a tadpole. Fucking crazy, right? Can you imagine what it's like to be a tadpole? No, you can't. But I can. You can't imagine what it's like to be a robot voice either. I'll tell you though it's a weird feeling to feel your walking limbs elongate from a little wriggling fish body. Anyways, good night. <laughs>